I think my takeaway from this is like Catholicism, it's a whole vibe. I think that's it. I'm Anne McNamee Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed, a podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we are catching up again. It feels like there's more to catch up on again. There is. A reminder to our listeners that we love to hear from you. You can find us on social at Laps Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, lapspodcast.com, lapspodcast at gmail.com, and you can leave us a voicemail at 505-6-LAPSED. So please do that. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Steph, <laughs> we started chatting before we even did our intro, but how, right. how are you doing? This is fulfilling my husband's wish. I should just say this. He was always uh, very hopeful that we would either record or release our episodes on Sunday mornings. So we are recording this on a Sunday morning. There we go. So Maybe we can like, make that change. I'm, I'm going to think about it. I like the idea of the Sunday morning release. So maybe it feels good. Yeah. So yeah, as of this morning, I am 38 weeks pregnant. That's full term. That's yeah, we're here. You're just walking to the finish line, but it's you're basically there. Yeah, we're just sitting here and we're in the waiting, waiting mode. And I was saying I had a relatively easy pregnancy with few complications at all. And then all of a sudden here at the end, I'm just getting like, it's like whack-a-mole with uh, <laughs> just like random things happening, uh, which is really fun. Someone told me that the reason why it gets so hard at the end is so that you stop wanting to be pregnant. So you're ready to, ready to <laughs> go have into the baby. labor. You're like, because I was like, I'm, I'm good. I don't, I'm in no rush. And now I'm like, let's do this. Right. Yeah, that's really so. true. The baby's amazing, but also, you know, you're not in for like all kinds of rest and relaxation. And I'm um, not getting that now. Everyone's like, get your sleep now. I'm like, um, I'm no, sorry. I'm not. I know. It's the great irony. You're not getting sleep. You're no. not comfortable. No. You're not getting to just like chill out and do the things you like to do because you're uncomfortable no. all the time. Well, I feel like you. keep making plans with people because I'm like, I need to do things before the baby comes. And then I cancel them like every day because I'm like, I can't. I didn't yeah. sleep last night. I'm un- not functioning. <laughs> like, So yeah. I'm already quarantining myself, I guess. But I understand. How about you? What's going on with you? How was your, uh, did you find any Catholicism at Disney? Um, oh, that's a good question. There was no Robin Hood related things. I'm trying to think. Because I've never been to Disneyland. I'm an Orlando girl. You very much are. Disneyland was great. It was really, I feel like it's one of those things. I feel like there's a lot of these things, including religion for some people. (laughs) Yeah. That before... Before I had kids, I was like, oh, when I have kids, that's not a thing I'm going to want to do. And now that mm. I I was like, oh, maybe. I feel like people are like that with the church where they're like, I don't do church anymore. And then they have kids. I mean, you said that, that people ask yeah. like, so are you going back to church or what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Disney is the same. You're like, oh, I could see the appeal. Right. It was really fun. It's been like nonstop summer fun action here. We went to Disney, then we vacationed a little more in in the LA area, um, and then we got back here. and The kids have just been living it up, and you know, nice. I'm, a, I'm a stay at home mom in the summer with two kids, so we I was trying to keep them busy. And apparently, <sighs> we went in too much because then I got the flu, which mm. is like 
you're sort of in the like pregnant and feeling horrible. I'm in the like kids are germy. And sometimes when you have kids, everybody gets sick. Getting um, things like the flu and a cold in the summer in is the just summer, mean. You have no idea. I have had to like say no to cookouts and things. I was so mad, but I'm trying to be a responsible human being and wait till I'm right. absolutely not contagious anymore. Yeah. So we're kind of a mess, Steph and I. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we've, we're like, well, this is what we're doing. Well, I think it speaks to like, man, being a parent, whether you're in the pregnancy stage or the having kids stage is no joke. No. It's not just a straight path with uh, rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes there's <laughs> it difficulty is and complication. I feel like we just launch into the thing that we're thinking about. You know, we were talking about this week, what we were going to covering, and it just felt disingenuous to talk about anything except the recent Supreme Court decision. Even as of now, we're recording on July 3rd, abortion is already illegal in many states mm -hmm. in the U.S. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and everyone kind of knew this was going to happen because of the leaked Supreme Court decision. But for me, that didn't make it any less terrifying to know that it was coming. Happening. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I still very naively, but hopefully had this like slim piece of my heart that was like, maybe it won't be as bad as the leaked document. Yeah. So that's why I think it was still stunning when it all happened. And then on top of that happening, our illustrious and very effective, putting it in quotation marks, Congress, just continually failing nursing people. Oh, yeah. And in a bunch of different ways, um, not funding the FDA, not uh, voting on the Pump Act while you're supposed to now, you know, breastfeed, chest feed for two. The AAP said to breastfeed for two years, right, which is great, except... It's nearly impossible if you have a job. Right. Well, in that pump act, which the senator from Wyoming, Loomis, that's her name, um, she's the reason they didn't get voted on. Um, there's protections in place for hourly workers and for high level executives, but it's like sort of people in the middle. Mm -hmm. And it mostly affects teachers and nurses, which <clears throat> if you didn't know this already, are primarily female who hold those positions who hold those positions who we have absolutely put through the ringer during the pandemic have been uh -huh. on the front lines of some of the toughest hit folks mm -hmm. during this pandemic yeah and we have a formula shortage i think i feel like i didn't i didn't even understand until i had a baby it was like just to be clear babies can physically literally only drink breast milk or formula that's it they can't have water that is no all they can have to at once be forcing, literally forcing women to have babies and mm -hmm. then at the same time doing nothing and in some cases making it more difficult mm -hmm. for people to feed their babies. The cognitive dissonance, it doesn't make any sense. It's enraging. It primarily impacts women and birthing people. So not just women. I mean, the formula piece, too. You're talking about foster parents. You're There are so many people impacted. And dads, hopefully, are feeding their baby sometimes, too. Yeah, so you're right. And I don't know. I can't imagine. Steph, I feel like when I was in your, particularly my first pregnancy, toward the end, I was like, I couldn't turn on NPR in the car anymore. 
because every bit of bad news stressed me out. So for this yeah. to be <laughs> for shit to be so bad right now. Yeah. And for it so much to be around m- birthing people, mothers, babies, children, like I cannot I truly cannot imagine cuz I couldn't even hear news that was like bad on the other side of the world when I was pregnant. It's a it's a scary concept bringing a child into the world at this particular moment. But I keep reminding myself that there has never been a time where globally everything has been okay. <laughs> like no. there's never been that moment and people have continued to have children and bring them into the world or decided not to. So yeah, I, waiting for the perfect time to have a child is not a thing, but this particular onslaught of news at this particular time is, has been a, uh, there's been a lot of like, I can't listen to this. Don't talk about this. La, 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 la. Like whenever I'm with people. Like, Maybe that's why you have a pregnancy rash. Probably. <laughs> I'm just breaking out because I'm allergic to the world at the moment. Listen, I don't blame you. I feel like we all <laughs> feel a little allergic to the world. Yeah. So thinking about the Catholic Church in light of this recent news. Yes. Has it changed your thinking at all? Huh. You know what? Actually... There's so much about the Catholic Church. I'm like, well, this is problematic, so I don't want to be a part of it. And it is, again, like, all of this is a reminder. Like, the, every every single thing is problematic. There's not a thing that it gets, a, like, gets a pass. Yeah, every kind of system with power structures and things, you'll find something. And I've been, since we've been recording this podcast following, like, Catholics for Choice, and been really inspired by their messaging and realizing at this moment, it feels like there are more Catholics who are being a little bit more open-minded than there are like evangelicals. I think that has been found to be true, like in polling as well. Yeah. That Catholics are actually more likely to support abortion in some or all cases than white evangelicals in the U.S. Right. So I guess been like a, a warm spot for me to think about. It's interesting because in moments of deep stress in my life, especially like when I've moved and and things like that, Mm -hmm. I have actually found some solace in going to church, not in like listening to anything or anybody, but in the routine of it and the ritual of it. Yeah. And right now without that, it does, I feel that lack. Like I'm like, Mm -hmm. almost like, should I just go to church and just sit there and smell the smells that are familiar and mm-hmm. dr- don't listen at the homily just in case and earphones put on noise canceling earphones right <laughs> just to go through it to do something um familiar because it does feel so tumultuous at the moment yeah but at the same time I'm, i don't know if i'm allergic to incense so i'm not going in there because <laughs> i'm allergic to That's everything true. at the moment um but uh yeah we have uh there's a church really close to our house and it tolls uh at eight and noon every day mm. and I've been really like appreciative for some reason of that like I'm like okay those are the sounds in the distance and they're just like it's very regular there anything that's like regular mm-hmm. is really nice to me right now how are you feeling <laughs> that's an irony isn't that like you so want to go to this institution to this place to this these like sense memories for comfort but mm-hmm. like they're the cause of <laughs> if you look who on the court voted for this and and their religious affiliation and you just look at the catholic church's whole doctrine Mm -hmm. that they're the cause 
of this, or at least partially, I think the cultural cause for so many people to have clung on to this anti-choice rhetoric. You know, I think it has me checking my own privilege in a lot of ways and thinking about the ways in which I have been allowed to be comfortable in places because even though I disagreed with something, the stakes didn't feel that high, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like in the past I've had this position of like, yes, the Catholic Church is anti-choice, but, you know, I actually learned a lot about social teaching you know, Catholic social teaching in high school. That's where I learned a lot lot about social justice issues. And it's just a little bit of a difference of understanding of when life begins, but like Mm -hmm. actually, but, but that was when I was presuming it would remain legal, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, frankly, and for, for other people's, my own rights weren't being infringed upon and how as a person with privilege, like I was able to do that. And now seeing like, Oh, what does it really mean? I mean, I am still in a state where abortion is legal our governor, God bless, like codified it into law that it will remain legal regardless of Roe v. Wade. That happened, oh, a year or two ago. Yeah. But we are surrounded by- You're an island. Yeah. Either states where it's illegal or states where it will probably likely very soon become illegal. But, and also I feel like we're in this place where there's like no guarantee that that's going to remain the case. Right. Um, And so to actually feel that, I think I've found myself very angry Catholics for Choice obviously has come out against this quite a bit, but I follow a lot of more progressive Catholics or Catholic organizations like on social media and all of them have either not said anything Mm. or they in some cases have said something positive about it, Mm. that they're happy about it, which of course they would. Like, why am I surprised? Right? Like these are organizations that are part of a Catholic church. The rhetoric I'm hearing and I'm frustrated, the rhetoric I'm hearing is like, well, now that we have this, now that it's illegal, now, now's the time to serve people, right? Like to serve pregnant women. First of all, I don't see anyone advocating like for these bills, right? Like you can't even ensure where they were going to try to down the thing Biden was going, was trying to get past to ensure more formula was being created. The right? FDA like, one. Yeah. Yes. And you can't even ensure like that women can nurse their babies, let alone like healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. Or childcare. Right. Like your little charities, you know, where you're like handing mom some, I don't know, packets of formula samples and some onesies is not going to cut it. Right. Charity's not going to fix this. The conversation of, well, now we need to support mothers. Now we need to support families. That needed to happen a long time ago. It should have never been something we had to fight for. <laughs> no, and it shouldn't happen after we no. outlaw people being in charge of their own bodies. It shouldn't happen instead of that. Right. And so I'm feeling really frustrated and pretty angry with the Catholic Church. At the same time, I have seen some rhetoric that has been just very anti-religion in general. Like people expressing this idea of like the re- religion is the cause of this. And, and that religion just basically like causes people to be oppressed. And I also want to remember that like religion is not just Christianity. There are many other religions and also Christianity is not just white evangelicals and white Catholics. Like Christianity is what brought us the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. and to hold a little more complexity there. Yeah. That's all the stuff that has been like stirring around in my head as I just sort of seethe and I'm also terrified at what is going on. Yeah. I feel like I have no <laughs> response other than to sigh. I think about 
the world in which my grandmother was having her family, mm-hmm. the insane level of poverty in which they were living, 12 children, 14 if you count the two that didn't make it that she mm-hmm. had. I mean, mostly because Catholics didn't was like firmly against birth control at that point, I think is a large part. And I know my family's very grateful that they all have each other. We love our large family. But she said to me on multiple occasions, she like didn't want any kids. Oh my gosh. She didn't want any? Wait, before she got married, she's like, I didn't, because she grew up so poor (laughs) and her brothers and sisters, that was back when you would send some of your children to orphanages for a little while until you Mm. had the money to feed them. So her brothers and sisters spend a lot of time in and out of orphanages Mm -hmm. because they were like fresh from Slovakia, didn't, and it just, that was just the way things were. She didn't go, but she saw what happened. And so she, it was really hard. And so- she was very surprised that she had a, such a large family in the end. She loved her large family. But the only way that they were able to survive was because of the way community used to be structured. Mm-hmm. This small steel mill town and everyone just took care of each other. There, I mean, there was help from the church. We just found out recently that one of my uncles was the one who like went to the nuns to get the leftover food from the church or whatever. Mm. But it was only, it was just because everyone, family didn't like stop at the door then yeah, in the way that it does now. And our, our, our culture and this society, it just leaves you so lonely <laughs> and on your own. I think if she were to have been in this situation, the way the world works now, I don't, I don't know that they would have even like, I hate to say the word survived, but it like, it's only because people without question helped each other. Yeah. And the church was that like knitting factor. Yeah. Back then. So like for her, like, I don't think she would have survived without the Catholic church in a way, Right. but that doesn't work that way anymore. Right. Although part of the reason, right, was also the the lack of birth control. The Catholic Church of birth control. It's like, why? I think about that with my own grandma. I think so many things, she relied so heavily on the church and it, so, it supported her through her divorce. And um, But I also think like so many of the issues she had in her life were also probably stemmed from, like that I see as negative stemmed from the Catholic Church. So, but yeah, the birth control thing. I mean, we haven't talked about that. Oh, that's got to be a whole issue. You're outlawing abortion while also telling people not to use birth control and i mean talking about your grandmother growing up but like people sent their children to orphanages i mean that is when we look at a pre roe v wade world it was not idyllic mothers were dying children were dying children were being sent to orphanages and obviously it's not just one a one issue thing right medical science has evolved quite a bit but we still have horrible maternal death rates i know we're saying things that people already know but i think like the question for me is where do i sit as a lapsed catholic in this particular situation Mm. is there any power i can leverage or what is my responsibility here this is an issue that affects me personally lack of access to an abortion but also other people and mostly other people who are a lot less privileged than I am mm-hmm. that has brought up a lot of anger for me at the Catholic Church. This is actually impacting people. Yeah. It's impacting people's ability even to have like certain cancer treatments, you know, if they're pregnant or to um I mean there there was just a story of a ten year old girl in Ohio yeah. who was denied an abortion after being raped. And it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you just want to like go to these people in the Catholic church and be like, is this, this is truly what you want. You're telling me this is truly what you want. This is what God wants. Yeah. Yeah. No. I find myself like when I pass a Catholic church, like feeling anger, (laughs) feeling anger coming up in me that kind of wasn't there before. Hmm. I feel like previous to this, if I was driving through my community and past a Catholic church, often it was like, oh, that's lovely. I would see like a little image of Mary and it feels kind of nostalgic, right? The only thing that would irritate me a little is like one church has a something about we we protect life or whatever uh-huh. sign. And so that would irritate me. But the rest of it, I could, so I was compartmentalizing very much. And now I can't do that anymore. Yeah. And I recognize at the same time, I recognize the privilege in that because what are all the institutions that are oppressing people, but since they're not oppressing me, I'm able, I'm able to compartmentalize, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we all just have to go on with our lives. Like capitalism marches on. Like we still have to like (laughs) pay our mortgage and you have to like, you know, have a baby and (laughs) continue with the sort of not, I mean, that that's what it feels like. They're just going to keep us, keep keeping us busy. And people who have babies that they can't afford are sure too busy to protest. Yep. I don't know, Steph. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I've got, yep. Yes. I think the biggest thing for me is this has pushed me to like look more into to really want to support organizations that support abortion access. I'm sort of putting my brain on pause a little bit at this you particular must. moment. You really must because you're going to have a baby soon. <laughs> Just like, I was like, what can I do? I, I, I can only do so many things at the same time. I am on the Ohio border in Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, And currently in Pennsylvania, we are good to go so far. Mm. I can't even talk about the local situation here, but so far, so good. And I know that like, yeah, I want to figure out how not just to financially support, but I feel like there are ways I can help bring people to access because of where I am, which I'm hoping to, to figure out myself eventually, but. That is, that's on my radar. (laughs) Yeah. I looked it up. I am in Pennsylvania, but the closest clinic that would offer abortions is over an hour away from here. And there's not great transportation within the state. So I was like, that's got to be a part of it too. Like, how can I help get people to cities? Things like that. Yeah, the logistics and the people who are downplaying this and saying like, oh, well, someone can just go to another state. Again, all the privilege, like. (laughs) Could you tomorrow go to another state? Could you drop, you know, most people could not do that. Most people right. could not drop everything. Most people have responsibilities and or they don't have the money and or lots of other things. And just logistically, I've never tried to make a doctor's appointment in a different state. And then it's hard enough getting a doctor's appointment down the street. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> Truly hard. It's hard really to hard. the doctor with two kids. And yeah, I have nothing more to say that everyone else is not already saying it's scary to see rights like taken away. It's one right. thing to refuse to give people rights who do not have rights. <laughs> it's another mm-hmm. thing to take away rights that were previously given. Mm-hmm. And to think that the church I grew up in is advocating for that, has been instrumental in that, is a real mind trip. I think it goes back to something that we've sort of come back to almost every episode especially when we're talking to people who found the church as adults that they don't sort of have that sensation that I think you and I are having and always have which is as a kid the catholic church is kind of like another parent Mm -hmm. in a way like and you love them 
and you're like, oh, cool. Look at these fancy robes, this music. This is my, like, these are, this is who's teaching me what's good and bad. Yeah. This is a, a North Star. And then as you come into your own consciousness, it's that feeling that the floor gets taken out from under you. And it happens, you know, with parents, you're like, oh, you're a person and you're flawed and that's scary. And so I'm mad at you. Yeah. And then on the church, it's like that, but like a whole other level because it's global. It's not just your family, right? It's not just your parents. And the power involved. Yeah. And you're just like, wait a second. All those things you were telling me about, like, love your neighbor, uh, love the least among us, like rich people aren't getting into heaven. All these things you say all the time. You don't do any of those things? Like, why are you saying it all the time? Why did I believe you? Yeah. And it hurts. It does. And we put all this energy into it as kids and it shapes us and it shapes our psyche and it shapes our view of ourselves. I was thinking of that when you talked about in these moments of feeling really unsure, wanting the safety of, you know, that ritual of mass. I was thinking like that reminds me of an abusive parent, right? The person who you go to for comfort is the person causing the the pain, the pain and the oppression. Yeah. You just want them to be who they say they are. That's, I mean, I think that's the crux of, I mean, like we can go through every episode, but that's really what we're always getting back to is like, why aren't you who I just want you to be so badly? Yeah. Who they in their best moments claim to be. I feel like that's what, when we had Nate on the podcast, that's sort of what attracted him, right? That's how he talked about it. It's like, the Catholic Church at its best, and it kind of said like on paper, like who it claims to be. Uh huh. It's great. It seemed good in a lot of ways. A lot of the pieces did. Maybe I'm not just angry. Maybe I mean I think deep down, like it is just this. I think I'm gutted. It's heartbreak. It is heartbreak. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I feel like this comes up in therapy all the time. Like anger <laughs> is not your ever the true emotion. Right. Anger is how you work through the real things. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like the manifestation of, of something else, which is just like total heartbreak. Yeah. 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 So I guess this is our plea to the practicing Catholics and church leaders is like, please take better care of all of us. For real. Do the right thing. My dad, who, oh, I side note. This like broke me open a little bit. My parents drove up here to bring a bunch of like baby gear. They drove mm-hmm. up from Florida, dropped off like a car full of baby gear and like went back in two days. It's crazy. But they listened Whoa. to laps the whole way back to Florida. I was like, oh my that gosh. is a lot of laps. That's a lot of laps. <laughs> and my mom and I had a pretty good conversation about it afterwards. So I know you're listening if you go on another road trip. But he wrote me a letter when I first went to college and I still have it 1998 (laughs) I framed it because it was like the last he was just like blah 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 this is what's happening here hope you're good back when emails were not regular so we were sending letters letters were a thing and the last thing he wrote to me was always do the right thing no matter how hard you'll like yourself a lot better if you do Hmm. I was just like oh man now I can't get away with anything like you just like (laughs) broke me open and I'm never gonna unhear that sentence the rest of my life and I guess that's what I always I guess I want that for church and political leaders like I know it's easy to say like the most provocative thing and do the thing that stirs up your base or whatever but like if you would just do the right thing it would be hard but like the right thing of like really 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 taking care of each other would be awesome 
Yeah, and I think was what they were teaching us in religion class. I think they were teaching us to do that. I mean, when I would get in fights with my dad about religion, so I always said, I was like, it's like, why, you know, why are you wanting them to be this way? I'm like, because I was paying, it's not that I wasn't paying attention in church. I was was paying paying attention attention. to church, and that's why I'm mad. I know. Like, if it'd be easier if I didn't pay, I'd just be like, okay, yeah, whatever you say. Good to go. Bye. (laughs) I feel like it was easier for people who were that way. Right? Okay, well, is there any other Catholicism in the news? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Um, I have something a little lighthearted to share with you. Let's do that. We need we need a change of pace right now. I don't know if you saw this. Vox, V-O-X. Do you, I don't know if you follow them much, but I love everything they basically do. Yeah. They have this article. It came out on June 15th. It was called How Catholicism Became a Meme. And there's so many things that you post on our social media that are like, featured in the article is like oh my gosh i saw that another podcast jesuitical which is a jesuit ish podcast had talked to the author of this but i didn't listen because that day i was in a place of being mad at the catholic church but tell me tell me well i just feel like it really speaks to us and probably who our audience is everything i was reading in this article is like yes 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 that but it has a lot of about like is catholicism cool again or like what is going on with all these like catholic memes yeah you know if you don't want to get pregnant just don't have sex and then the close-up on mary's eyes right that one right so there's a bunch of cool accounts that make a lot of these well here's my question that one feels like it's at least for either lapsed catholics or catholics who kind of have a sense of humor about the religion that feels like one that some people would like take issue with like anti-choice people for instance right is her argument are most of these memes sort of created by and for lapsed catholics or cafeteria catholics or are they really like the pro-catholic type no they're mostly like by us right our people or people who are calling themselves cultural catholics like got it cultural jewish people and then there is a little like kitsch involved sure like the fact that britney is so catholic now and the kardashian wedding is featured in here and how like much catholic iconography oh man you know what thank you for saying that because i totally i had taken like screenshots because i was like oh my gosh this is so catholic looking what there was like a so catholic whatever was right behind them huge altar yeah mary holding the baby little baby yes exactly that's what it is because but they're not catholic right they're armenian so I think they're part of the Armenian church. I was going to say they're Kardashian, believing Kardashianism, <laughs> I, as far as I know. It does. Man, that does sound like a religion. Right? Yikes. Uh, I don't, I, as far as I, I know, but it's like, that's the sign of it being cool is that it was in a Kardashian wedding. You know, that goes along for me with, so since... This has been like a chicken and egg situation. Like I was interested in this stuff. I was already following some Catholicy things. Then we made the podcast. I was like, I need to be following more Catholicy things. And now, and it's, now it's everywhere. Right, it's, it's building on itself. But you know, there's this whole movement that that Pope Francis. So this, I think, this connects to. There was just a headline recently. I won't even read the article, but it said Pope Francis tells priests to stop wearing quote Grandma's lace at mass. <laughs> I want to. I want him to have said that exactly. I hope that's exactly what he said. So, and I think he's talking about. Listen, I agree with the sentiment. I wish it like carried over to things like you know choice, but not getting stuck in sort of like these old, really pre-Vatican II ways of practicing Catholicism, because a lot of that and the a lot of the more I think conservative 
Catholics are obsessed with the then the this older aesthetic of this uh-huh. like pre-Vatican II aesthetic, like grandma's lace. But you know, there's this whole world now. Even though Francis is trying to make Latin Mass not so much of a thing, there's this whole world of they call themselves rad trad Catholics. Radical traditionalist Catholics. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is out of my wheelhouse. But I understand it. Listen, you go to a mass and there's all the incense and you don't understand what's going on. You can probably just kind of lose yourself if you're into just that. Yeah. And there's this whole thing. All these women on Etsy are making these beautiful lace veils. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want to wear a beautiful lace veil? Right? That's the whole reason we did communion. (laughs) Yeah. Communion and maybe our wedding. That's the only time you get to wear a veil. There's a whole aesthetic of it that I get. Yeah, that's what that's making me think of. Like, I think now with the internet, there's, you know, vintage and retro things are totally Instagrammable. Yeah. And so if you're going to all this old, beautiful, I mean, Catholic churches are beautiful. Veils are beautiful. Yeah, I can see the appeal for sure. Right. And to feel like that's, everyone's looking for an identity, especially with the internet. Like, how do I brand myself, right? Mm -hmm. Both for how people see you and kind of a way to see yourself, particularly women. And so if that's like, oh, I get to wear beautiful veils and show the really cute, like Catholic toys I bought for my kid. Right. Bespoke little like Mary dolls that you can buy on Etsy. It's a whole world. Like, I get it. You're trying to find your niche. And if I could see this snowball effect of like falling further and further into this traditional Catholic hole because it's like the aesthetics are so appealing. Well, that's what it is. It's sort of, they're saying it's kind of a reaction against cool churches. Yeah. Like Christian rock bands. Right. So like everyone was like, let's take away all that stuff. We'll make it very modern. We'll be meet in the shopping center. They'll have coffee in the lobby. Right. And we'll be very accessible. And there's been so much corruption found in a lot of these like mega churches. Right. So they, they weren't cool. They were just as corrupt as the Catholic church. Yeah. So it's like, well, then that was fake too. <laughs> and like a reaction against that is like going back into, well, this stuff hasn't changed in forever. We know what corruption we're getting with the Catholic Church. <laughs> like Listen, it's that's not even fake. A known evil. Yeah. So they're like, well, why not just go back to that? And because also the thing we've talked about, they bring up in this article is like, and this is a sentence I love because I thought you would appreciate this. I loved that in CCD classes, we didn't have to memorize the Bible and instead learned about the saints and martyrs and how evil sex was, which of course made it sexier. (laughs) I think my takeaway from this is like Catholicism, it's a whole vibe. I think that's it. That's the sentence. (laughs) It really is. It is a whole vibe. It's a whole vibe. And especially again, I think like like if you grew up with it, you're like, I'm just going to like sit in the parts I like. I'm going to lean in. Yeah. I do that. I mean, I do that to a degree. Like what? I have like, after my grandma passed away, I like got some of her rosaries and I've thought about how to display them. Like you're talking about the aesthetics of mass being comforting, but I think that's like so much of that's something that has drawn us in, I think, to making this podcast is like these things did really shape us and the aesthetics of Catholicism certainly were a big part of our lives. Right. And feel nostalgic. Like we love nostalgia. You know, millennials love stuff about the 80s and early 90s, right? Like we're obsessed with nostalgia. So for those of us who grew up Catholic, there's the nostalgia. The the ultimate nostalgia. Yeah. And it goes back like, well, they would have us believe that the aesthetic goes back 2000 years. And a lot of it does go back at least pretty far. I mean, if you look go to European churches and stuff. So yeah. Oh, that's funny. I know. I was like, I appreciate this one. This is a, I mean, again, it was June 15th. So I don't know if this article would take the same bent today. Sure. That it did. 
But yeah. Anything from you? Or do you want to um, skip all the bad things? I had the grandma's lace. I mean, there was one other one. This is not a heartwarming at all. Well, it's not heartwarming on the side of the church. Maybe heartwarming on the side of Catholics actually acting like decent human beings. Wait, what? <laughs> Despite the church. Uh, on June 16th, you might have seen this. Massachusetts Middle School can't be called Catholic after flying gay. Yep, I have that here. Gay pride and Black Lives Matter flags, yeah. Bishop says. Oh, you have that one too. Well, I have it up. Yeah. I'm just like, they can't call themselves Catholic because they're supporting the marginalized. How dare they? <laughs> it just makes you want to beat your head against a wall. You know, when I was talking about like why I still, I mean, I'm not a practicing Catholic, but why I still try to identify as Christian. I'm like, I feel like I felt like this even as a kid, if this stuff would come up and be like, no, but like Jesus told us the opposite, right? <laughs> Like, Jesus told us we're supposed to stand with the marginalized, right? Like, am I reading the same thing you are? Exactly. You were paying attention in church. <laughs> I mean, to their credit, the school has stood firm. I don't know what the developments have been, but the school stood firm. They're standing with their community, and that's who they're supposed to be serving. They're doing a good job. School's doing great. Yeah. School president says, as a multicultural school, the flags represent the inclusion and respect of all people. He says, both flags are now widely understood to celebrate the human dignity of our relatives, friends, and neighbors who have faced and continue to face hate and discrimination. So they're standing firm. Yeah. God forbid, a pride flag and a Black Lives Matter flag. And I'm to the point, flying both those flags is like the minimum for me to join like a church at this point. It's like my very <laughs> low base. If I do not see like the rainbow fish or whatever, that's what some of them have. Yeah. If I don't see some kind of, some kind of rainbow and Black Lives Matter. Then out. I'm not even stepping foot because then once you step foot, then you have to be like, okay, are there actually, is this actually a diverse place? Is this actually an inclusive place? Mm -hmm. Who is in leadership? How are they spending their money? Like, or, you know, is this just performative? But like, man, if you're not even letting them perform the inclusivity, I'm out. Out. But good for them for standing firm. I have no idea how that's all going to work with like funding and anything. I mean, what do you do when you're like, you know, the organization that you're supposedly a part of just drops you? I don't know, but I wish them luck. Me too. And I bet their students are all about it. I know. We would have been. Or I would have been so excited. Oh, yeah. I liked my high school quite a bit in terms of like school spirit or whatever. And I think that would have just made me feel like I would have been wearing like my high school's t-shirt every day. You know, like, <laughs> yes. Like, Let's that's all this. you want to do as a as a high schooler is like stick it to the man. Like, yeah, right. we don't need your stinking church. <laughs> so yeah good for them so it's been a couple of weeks since we uh talked about francis i don't believe there's any sign of him actually retiring <laughs> he hasn't retired so far okay he's still there so we're, I mean, we're we're watching and everyone's predicting it we're waiting i think it's not gonna happen but see if all those those uh cryptic messages well no with benedict wasn't it like four years later from yeah, whatever he put a, his shawl down at a church where there was a priest that retired and four years later he retired so obviously he was signaling that he was going to do that can I just, I want to live my life in this way where I just leave like cryptic messages where I like draw mm. something like a, an image and just hand it to someone and walk away just and wait just let them. and be like, wait, <laughs> four years from now, it'll all make sense. <laughs> go on the internet and go crazy on Reddit trying to figure out what's happening. Right. <laughs> People love this stuff. I know. It's fun to have a mystery, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So Steph, we're into summer. We are. I was thinking about it. I had a question as I was thinking about summer. And, you know, for me, summer break meant 
no more school. Often summer, the last day of school was on my birthday, which is June 4th. And that was like very exciting when that happened. Yeah. But I feel like Catholicism got a little looser in the summer because I wasn't in religion class. We would still go to mass. Yeah, there- but I feel like if we were on vacation or something, we would not go. I did have some friends whose parents were really hardcore and would just go to the local Catholic church on vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you just had to go to mass, but we did not. So I feel like Catholicism was still there in the summer, but it was a little more chill because I was not in religion class. What about, does CCD? Yeah, we didn't have CCD. No, you don't have CCD in the summer. Okay, that was my question. Or we didn't then. Yeah. I don't know what they do now, but. And Catholics don't do a lot of like. There's nothing happening in the summer. No. We're in ordinary times. <laughs> ordinary time. Yeah, other denominations do vacation Bible school. I feel like the first time I heard that, I was like, that sounds like a cult. I don't know what that is. One time when we were in the middle of moving, my parents, I think I mentioned this, we had to go to a camp and they sent us to like a Christian day camp, but it was so strange. So weird. I was like, what are you doing? I actually one time was at a friend's house. This is the only time. And her mom like needed to do something and was like, you know, my friend was like, oh, I go to this camp sometimes like when my mom has to run errands or whatever. And it's free. And it was I didn't even realize that there were non-Catholic churches around. She dropped us off at this Protestant church, I guess. Uh And we made it was something about like the loaves and the fishes or something. And we made like blue jello to be the water and then like had goldfish crackers Crafts. that's the only part that i which is fine right um yeah i remember making a stained glass window oh that sounds nice yeah i do remember they talked about jesus more than i was like used to i was like you guys right. are really into jesus around here and then i remember i told my mom and she like didn't know that i had, was being sent to this vacation bible school and she seemed a little ticked like a little irritated yeah i was like well she sent she dropped us off at this like kind of religious camp and she was like oh what okay great but she didn't make a big deal of it yeah and I did go to one week of sleepaway camp in seventh grade, and it was Catholic sleepaway camp. Wow. But it just felt mildly Catholic. Yeah. It was, like, run by a Catholic organization, and we, like, had a mass. But I don't feel like there was much hardcore Catholic stuff no. going on other than that. Well, so... So we're going to follow the Catholic Church's lead and take a little break? We're going to follow the Catholic way and take a little break. I think, stuff. you're about to have a baby any minute now. You are currently icing your awful pregnancy rash. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. I have my kids home with me all summer. And personally, I want to do some planning for this podcast. Um, yeah. We'll miss you, listeners. We really will. We still want to hear from folks. I don't know that we know exactly when we'll be back. No. <laughs> September? We're going to be flexible about it. Yeah, probably around the time the school year would normally start. Mm-hmm. We will be back, but we're just taking a short hiatus, as many folks do in the summer, as we did with Catholicism in the summer. Well, maybe we'll still post a meme here or there. Yep. And if anything huge comes up, you might hear from Anne. Maybe you not might. from me. Maybe. Yeah, it's true. If Francis retires, I don't think we can't not cover that. <laughs> Who knows? Gosh, I don't need any more big events in my life. I hope the summer is... Just be quiet, summer. I don't even have wood to knock on right now, so (laughs) I need not big events unless it's a positive big event. Right. That's what I need. So yeah, listeners, we're taking a short hiatus, but we are not gone. And by the time you hear from us next, Steph will have a baby. Might be a little extra background noise. We'll see. We'll see. More fun for you to edit. But yes, but thank you for our first, I guess, year... Of lapsed. Yeah. Last summer. Yeah. What does it say? Okay. I'm looking at July 5th. 
was our first episode last year. Oh my so goodness. So it has been almost exactly a year. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. So thank you so much. We've had an awesome first year doing this. We've learned a lot. We love the people who have been following us and talking about us and sharing things with us. So I, we appreciate you. We appreciate all the people who we've interviewed over the course of this first year. It's been incredible. And we look forward to much more. So please, yes, reach out. Give us some ideas of what you'd like to hear more of so that we can go into this second year more responsive and stronger than before. For sure. And if you if you are a person who wants to share something or if you feel like you have someone um, I guess you'd like us to have on let us know that too mm-hmm. but yeah it's been a year and this this is not a last episode we will be no, back no, no. We're just taking no, no. a short we're lapsing for a small one we're lapsing for summer we're extra lapsed for summer and then we'll be back yeah all right oh collection basket pass that basket Abortionfund.org is always a good place to find local abortion funds, particularly in states where abortion is now illegal. They mm-hmm. can use your support. Also, your local Planned Parenthood. I have heard recently from a couple people who work with Planned Parenthood that if you're going to donate, the best way to do it is to really do a local one. Yeah. And if you go to church, talk to some people about what you're actually going to be doing for your community or what their plan is because they need to step up. <sighs> yeah. Oh, church. Oh, church. All right. Well, Steph. (laughs) I'm so excited to say it this time. A year of saying it. Also with you. And also with you, Anne.